Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Friday, August 25th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. This weekend, we'll see the first music festival in Forest Park at the scale of Lufest since the city's signature festival was canceled five years ago. The producers of the Evolution Festival want to create a new St. Louis tradition. We feel we have one chance to get it right out of the gates this year. We're not planning on going too far down any rabbit holes year one. We have to nail the basics this year. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin explores what it takes to create a festival and what's at stake. The heat wave that has gripped St. Louis, Rolla, and Quincy this week should break this weekend. The National Weather Service says the excessive heat warning will finally expire tonight. The high temperatures have been especially dangerous for school bus drivers and the children they are transporting. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports. Emergency medical services had to respond to at least four instances of overheated school bus drivers during this week's dangerous heat wave. All are now okay and were not ultimately taken to a hospital. Most St. Louis area school buses don't have air conditioning. Scott Allen is the regional operations manager for Missouri Central School Bus, which provides transportation services for several districts in the area. It's been brutal, quite honestly. It's very uncomfortable for our drivers, the scholars that we uh, transport. Certainly in, in my many years in St. Louis, I don't recall it being this bad. Missouri Central is providing water bottles on its buses and working with schools to give drivers air-conditioned restroom breaks. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. The St. Louis Community Development Administration will use $500,000 in federal grants to inspect and clean up vacant lots in North St. Louis. Money from the Environmental Protection Agency will help with site assessments and cleanup efforts across 11 neighborhoods. Mayor Tashara Jones says the city needs to remove hazardous materials from vacant properties and reduce blight. The short and long-term impacts of this project will guide the transformation of vacant lots into productive spaces that spur economic growth and build community while making our neighborhoods safer and healthier. The areas involved include Wells Goodfellow, Walnut Park East, and the Jeff Vanderloo neighborhoods. Updating some of St. Louis's housing policies will be one of the priorities when the Board of Aldermen returns next month. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmid reports one bill would require landlords to register more information with the city. The proposed legislation would establish a rental registry where landlords in St. Louis would have to provide a local contact for the properties they rent out in the city. Board of Aldermen President Megan Green says this would help tackle a historic challenge for the city. A lot of times properties are registered to out-of-town LLCs that then only have a P.O. box. And so when there's issues, it's very difficult to be able to track someone down and have a conversation. Green hosted a town hall on affordable housing Thursday night. She says the rental registry would also collect data on the changes in the St. Louis rental market and help the city make better decisions about where to incentivize developments. The bill will be introduced after the board returns to session on September 15th. I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. A man on death row for nearly 25 years for a murder he says he did not commit is suing the state of Missouri. Attorneys for Marcellus Williams argue Governor Mike Parson improperly short-circuited an attempt to review new evidence. 
Williams was convicted of the 1998 murder of former Post-Dispatch reporter Felicia Gale. Former Governor Eric Greitens halted the execution in 2017 and appointed a board to examine DNA evidence. Parson shut down that board this summer, saying the process was taking too long. The lawsuit says the governor had no authority to make that decision before the board made recommendations. The attorneys are asking a judge to restart the board and stop an execution date from being set. New research from the University of Missouri-St. Louis and United We in Kansas City shows appointed boards and commissions in the state underrepresent women and people of color compared to the overall population. UMSL political science professor Anita Mannion says cities and counties are creating long-term problems by not appointing diverse people to the volunteer posts. Which is another reason beyond the immediacy of having diverse voices representing the community on these boards and commissions. It's also a way to pave the path to elected office and further positions. Mannion says cities and counties could do better by making sure the mission and members of each board and commission are posted online and there are open invitations for people to apply for the positions when they become available. The International Institute of St. Louis is bringing more than 50 artists and groups to this weekend's Festival of Nations in Tower Grove Park. Several performers will appeal to the region's growing Indian population. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. According to the 2020 U.S. Census Bureau, the Indian population in the St. Louis region surpassed the number of Mexicans in the area. The Institute's Festival of Nations will highlight Latino, Indian, and African cultures this weekend since they're some of the region's fastest-growing communities. Arindam Carr is a lawyer and the son of Indian immigrants. He says the festival is a huge contributing factor to the region's increase in the Indian population. It really helps with the ability to retain those families, those students who may graduate and say, hey, you know, this is where I want to start my professional career because I have everything I need. Carr hopes the festival pushes St. Louisans to continue having conversations about diversity. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Organizers of the inaugural Evolution Festival expect to draw upwards of 20,000 people a day to Forest Park on Saturday and Sunday with a musical lineup led by the Black Keys and Brandy Carlisle. Five years after the demise of Lufest, two local concert industry veterans are betting they have the experience to build a new signature event. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports. The walls of Steve Shankman's office in Clayton are decorated with memorabilia that tell the story of his decades booking concerts in the Midwest. There's the ticket stub from the Rolling Stones at the Keele Auditorium in 1972, a plaque commemorating the Riverport Amphitheater, which Shankman's company built in 91, and a typewritten contract in a frame that shows what it cost him one time to book an up-and-coming band from Ireland. This is April 7, 1981, U2, playing Graham Chapel, Washoe, 1,000 seats, a 60-minute show, which they only had enough material for 50 minutes. They had to repeat the first two songs for $750. Shankman and a partner sold their concert promotion business in 98. He shifted for 20 years to corporate events. The Evolution Festival is a bigger challenge. When we go out with a festival, that's millions of dollars of investment, and it's a lot of risk. And the risk is worth it because the end result is St. Louis is back on the map with a major festival, and we have to have that. The trouble is, producing a startup music festival is one thing Shankman hasn't ever done in the concert business. 
So he partnered with his one-time intern, Joe Litvag. That's a St. Louis native who's founded more than a dozen music festivals. Litvag says that for the Evolution Festival, the pressure is on. We feel we have one chance to get it right out of the gates this year. That's because, he says, the goal when producing a new festival of this size isn't to make any money this year. It's to set yourself up to turn a profit down the road in year three or four or even five. We're trying to be creative, but we're not planning on going too far down any rabbit holes year one because then you lose sight of the basics and we have to nail the basics this year. Someone who's been through this before is Brian Cohen, one of the founders of Lufest. He says that with festivals, you plan on producing them for at least about five years. But to get to year two, you have to get year one right. It's crucial in terms of audience experience, in terms of the press reaction to it. If it's not a critical success, if people don't like the experience, if the press finds all sorts of problems with it, it's very hard to move into that second year because you've lost some of the goodwill. Since the demise of Lufest, the Kranzberg Foundation's Music at the Intersection Festival has become an annual force in Grand Center. Its lineups lean toward jazz, R&B, and the blues. But Cohen says there's an opening for a Forest Park music festival with national headliners to become a signature St. Louis event again, like Lufest once was. I think it left people wanting more, so hopefully this, this new event will fill that void. A team of 30 has been planning the Evolution Festival for the past two years or so. On a muggy day earlier this week at Forest Park, workers poured ice into coolers filled with water bottles. One team unloads wooden pallets from a truck or forklift and assembled pieces of tents that they'll put together later. Today we're building tops, basically. So uh, there's a lot of stuff going on that's not built in the field yet, so we'll keep everything back here. That's John Gardner with Southern Hospitality Concessions. The festival will include the Black Crows, Brittany Howard, Ice Cube, plus barbecue pitmasters and bourbon critic Fred Minnick. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my American Whiskey of the Year tasting. The bourbon focus is designed to help draw a somewhat older audience, meaning people in their 40s and 50s and 60s. Shankman says the musical lineup will draw that crowd. I mean, it's not a hard rock festival. We, we've done plenty of those, right, Joe? Oh, yes. I mean, uh, <laughs> I did Lollapalooza at Riverport for many years. But it's not what we wanted to create for our first festival in St. Louis. So this is the first festival. Shankman and Litvag hope to be back for rounds two, three, and beyond. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Our David Casares edited that report. I am out for the next week. Several people will be at the helm of this weekday extravaganza in my absence. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.